Hi, listeners. Today's guest is Gary V talking about why work ethic is more important than anything else. Nobody you know. Nobody you know. Nobody you know has become successful outside of it being given to them from their family. Nobody you know has actually created success without working their face off. It doesn't exist. So you can sit and talk about luck and you can sit and talk about this, that, or the other thing, but I promise you, the only controllable thing you have is your work ethic. And if you sit around and ponder, well, if I didn't live here, or if my mom wasn't an alcoholic, or if I just learned about this earlier, or if I'd been following this person earlier, or if I wasn't born a woman, or if I wasn't born a minority, if you sit and do that, you are losing. You're not wrong. It's just that business and marketing and all this doesn't care. There's just no emotion in the market. Like, that's it. And so I think we need to start having much deeper, much more serious conversations of practicality. You know, it's fun and I love this space the most. But I loved it long before it was sexy. I loved it long before people wanted to take selfies with me. I loved it long before athletes and celebrities and rappers wanted to be entrepreneurs. I loved it long before that. It was my destiny. It was who I was. It was how I was wired. It was the only thing I knew. That's why the four-year-old me ripped flowers out of yards and sold it. You don't read about being an entrepreneur at five, six, seven, eight, and nine. I didn't jump on this because it's cool now and it makes me money and girls. I did it because it's all I ever was. And I implore you, if you came here to be an entrepreneur, but this talk allows you to realize you're really an artist, or you're really a number three in a company because you bring this level of energy and you don't want to be a number one because let me promise you something about being a number one. I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm a firefighter. My entire life is taking care of crap, putting out fires. 24-7, 365, my whole life is this is a problem. Fix this and guess what? When you're the last line of defense, there's no blaming your boss. There's no blaming the logo. There's no blaming the government. It's all my fault. All of it. And so, it's super sexy, but what's not being talked about is the friends and acquaintances I have who've committed suicide in the entrepreneur land the last four years because nobody talks about the downside. Everybody thinks they're gonna be Zucks. Everybody thinks they're gonna build Snapchat. Go look at the data. The data shows that the far majority of this room will not succeed, not even close, to building an actual business. And I don't come here to be somber. I come here to remind you that there's only one thing you can do. The only thing you can do that can trump the moment mommy and daddy had sex to make you. The only thing that can trump that, the only thing that can trump your DNA, the only thing that is controllable, if you want it, if you want this, is work. Started using the word work more than the word hustle 
just because I want everybody to understand what we're really talking about here. If you've got a big mouth, and a lot of you do here, search the hashtag, and a lot of you say CEO, founder, owner. I call that big mouth. If you've got the audacity to do it, and, and so many of you have heard this from me, when I audit you, and I do, because I'm curious, it's how I learn. People talk a big game. I especially love when somebody hits me up on social, like Gary V, you're gonna buy the Jets, I'm gonna buy the Rams, you know? <laughs> You know, everybody's buying a sports team. And I love and I love to look at what that person does. And and then I'll DM that person and be like, yo bro, nobody, nobody, unless they were a trust fund baby, ever bought the Rams when they go skiing for a week when they're 24. Everything on you, everything's your fault. You wanna really win in life? You wanna get real happy? You know why I'm really happy? Because I think everything's my fault. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about this whole journey, about, about how entrepreneurship has become something of a, of a status and, and has been put on a pedestal. I've also been thinking about how scary it is when something becomes cool or interesting and what that creates. And I've been pondering that quite a bit, which is the differences between being an entrepreneur and being a successful entrepreneur. You know putting the fact that you're a CEO in your Instagram profile doesn't mean that it's what you're gonna be able to do for the rest of your life. And what I'm really concerned about is that we have lived, both in Canada and the US, with basically an eight to nine year macro, almost a decade of good economic growth. We just have. You know, obviously there was a crash in the US in 2008 or nine, but if you look at the data, we're probably on the tail end of economic growth. You know, obviously nobody knows, otherwise they would make trillions of dollars. But one of the things that I did want to talk to you guys about today is practicality. I think practicality is stunningly uh, not talked about enough. So for example, if you're running a business right now and it's predicated on raising money or you've raised money and you lose money each month, it's probably a really good idea to change course pretty quickly. Because the biggest issue for me right now is that we have a lot of people who want to build brands, who want to become influencers, who want to start companies, but they're not putting in the pieces that actually allow them to weather the storm. You know, the thing that I'm most proud of is the two biggest businesses I've ever built, I basically started them during very difficult times. When I first got involved in my dad's liquor store business, it was the late 90s, and just about a year and a half into my journey, I guess two years into my journey, the stock market crashed and all the internet companies folded and all the people that were making money that I was targeting to sell wine stopped having money to buy wine. And and then right behind that, because most of my business was New York and New Jersey based, even though we were building an internet company, it was only about a year later that 9-11 happened and not only you know, changed, I mean, for anybody that lived in the New York, New Jersey area, it was much more compounded for us because we lost loved ones and, and I, I remember I lost 100 employees from one organization in one day. I had to go in hand by hand and take their emails out because everybody passed away from Cantor Fitzgerald that worked in that office. So. And so I persevered through that because I was practical, because I didn't have a lot of overhead and because I wasn't romantic, I wasn't dreaming. I knew that I had to buy and sell wine and liquor and beer and I had to make sure that my expenses weren't greater than the money I was bringing in. VaynerMedia started in the ashes of the economic meltdown of the US. When I started VaynerMedia, people didn't want to pay $5,000 
let alone the 50 or 100,000 they pay us a month now for our services. And, and when I started VaynerMedia, you know, it's funny, I watch everybody watch my journey now and you know, there's that cliche thing of like overnight success, right? I'm gonna have this TV show come out this June and it's gonna change my profile, right? I'm gonna sit on a stage with Will I Am and Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Alba for this Apple show that I'm about to do and everybody's gonna say, where'd he come from? That happened overnight, uh, you know? Um, and it's even really happened in social. I'm sure a lot of you, for a lot of you, you've only really even have known about me for the last six months or so, even though I've been putting out content online for 10 years every single day. And so the thing that I've been really thinking about is practicality. Like VaynerMedia, even though I had already built a nice sized business, it wasn't like I was extracting a lot of money out of Wine Library. And so when AJ and I started VaynerMedia seven years ago, we started it out of a company called Buddy Media's conference room. For the first two years that I ran VaynerMedia, we had no rent. We first worked out of a conference room, a conference room. We then worked out of a co-working space before the whole WeWork and co-working space revolution and I bartered my time to help that company in exchange for a very small space. We didn't buy furniture, we scrapped. And I'd already made it, I was already rich. And we scrapped. And so the biggest thing that I want to implore everybody here today to do is to take a step back and think about how fancy are they. Are you willing to be really, really, really ghetto? Do you really need that chair? Do you really need that piece of technology? Do you really need to fly that class? Like, I I just think that we're living through an incredibly fancy culture of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship and CEO status is quite sexy. People are selling a lifestyle that is filled with lots of fun and trips and, and champagne and bikinis and bling bling and all sorts of horse shit, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I just think that that era of this era is gonna come to an end somewhere within the next five years and very honestly, I just don't want a lot of people in this room that dream to build their own businesses to have to go work at a bank or go work at a retail store. And so I would highly recommend something that I think is stunningly not talked about enough, which is if you're building a business, you have to be making money. I know that's like a funny thing to say, um, but uh, I think it's important. I think the other thing that's important is to shift the context completely the other way, which is what is really winning, right? Like, what is the definition of winning? And I think we all have different definitions, right? And I think that one of the things that I also wanna say is that I'm getting scared that a lot of people that are following my journey hear me talking about buying the New York Jets, and I do aspire to buy a $3 billion sports franchise. I do, it, it is what I want. It's, you can look at my fifth grade yearbook long before business was cool, it's what I wanna do. But I'm awfully scared that it's pressuring the people that follow me into trying to achieve things that they don't necessarily want, they just think it's the thing you do if you're trying to be a successful business person. Let me promise you something, I know tens of thousands of people, I know thousands of people extremely well, I know hundreds of people deeply well. There is no correlation between how much money someone makes and their level of happiness. I have friends who make $47,000 a year and are the happiest people I know. Their work-life balance is on point, they're part of two soccer teams, they play video games, they watch every show they want, they take two vacations that they scrap together and they're freaking happy as hell. And I know tons of people who I grew up with in the Silicon Valley boom 
who have hundreds of millions of dollars in their bank account and are as miserable and as lonely and as broken as you'll ever see. So I implore all of you to please reverse engineer and figure out who you are and figure out what level of monetizing and stuff you need and what level of creativity you need. I promise you one thing, one thing that will catch you very off guard. Mine should be way more rich. I leave money on the table every day. I, I've left ungodly amounts of money on the table. I spend tons of times spending, sending DMs and engaging with people, meeting people randomly and not cashing in. I actually believe the statement I'm about to make. I think that I love the journey and the game of entrepreneurship so much that I have subconsciously sabotaged my financial upside to make sure I can play this a little longer because I fear if the numbers keep getting too big, eventually it will take the fun out of it. When you are lucky enough, like I am, to actually do something that you love so much, do something that puts pressure against the one thing you care about besides it, which is the time I spend with my family. My family is my whole life. And being this and doing this is the only thing that cuts into that. I couldn't breathe if I wasn't an entrepreneur. I didn't breathe when I wasn't an entrepreneur. That's the reason I got D's and F's in school because I just couldn't be me. And I'm not capable of that. And so I think being here excites me because I think coming to not LA, San Francisco, New York, London is always more fun for me. It always feels a little more practical. It always feels like there's a little bit more chips on the shoulder, which is what I have. But I want to remind everybody, just because you didn't grow up with a trust fund, just because you don't live in Silicon Valley, the market doesn't care. If you're good enough, you will win. Going back to the beginning of my talk, you need to deploy serious, serious self-awareness and figure out who you are. I implore you to start matching your work ethic and your actions to your mouth. If you're gonna be a billionaire, you need to realize that most people that create billion dollars worth of wealth don't do anything besides work every single day of their 20s and 30s. All of them. Every person that works at VaynerMedia has taken more vacations in the last 13 months than I did in my entire 20s and early 30s. My family went on two family vacations my entire childhood. I was married to my wife for five years before we had a family. We took two vacations. It's the price you have to pay if you want it at the level that I want it at. And by the way, I advise nobody to want it at that level. I'm being dead serious. This is a very true statement that I think most of you will not believe, but I'm telling you it's the goddamn truth. If there was a drug that could take some ambition out, I would take it. It is so extreme. It is all in. The reason I started Daily V was to remind you that I'm outworking you. That when you talk and you're trying to figure it out, when you're trying to say you're gonna be like me, I want you to see it. I want you to see every other day, 5 a.m. I want you to see every day, midnight. All of them, every day, always, forever. That's what it takes for what I want. Good news is, between what I want and what is achievable and is considered unbelievably all-time happy is a big gap. 
So there's plenty of vacation time. I know tons of people with vacation time. I know tons of people with work-life balance. I know tons of people that do tons of fun activities and make seven figures, millions of dollars a year and love it. I'm playing for legacy. I'm playing for all time. I'm looking to impact every generation that comes behind me because I want to show that you can build all-time wealth, all-time greatness, doing it the right way and the old way. That's what I'm up to. So please make sure you understand that and more importantly, make sure you understand yourself so that you can reverse engineer that blueprint and figure out where you fit within that and then deploy it. But I promise you, but I promise you, you will not get there with your big idea. I promise you, sitting around and saying, oh, I had that idea for Uber before Uber did. Nobody gives a shit. I've got every idea that's gonna be successful over the next 100 years. It's all about AI and VR and AR and augmented and all this. I'll give them to you all. It doesn't matter, because most of you won't execute against it. The reason I put out all my best stuff and I'm liked and I don't charge for it is somewhere along the line I realize that 99.9% of you aren't gonna do anything about it. You're gonna ponder it, you're gonna get super pumped up when you watch me say it, and then three weeks later you're gonna give up because you're not willing to pay the price. And that's cool. Everybody's different. But you need to figure out what price you are willing to pay for what you want. It has been insane to me how many people have emailed me in the last month about the 2017 flip challenge, which for you that don't know, was a video I made in December, which is so many of you email me asking me for $5,000 and meanwhile there's $5,000 worth of crap sitting in your house right now. Go grab it, post it on eBay, flip it, and make your money. How many people have flipped something since they saw that video? Raise your hands, just wanna say, higher, higher. Don't be shy. That's it. You know, like, it's insane. People emailing me like, hey, this, like, I just made $8,000 because I sold $100 of this, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Funny thing happens when you actually work. <laughs> Go figure. Funny thing happens when you actually realize it's money that gives you the opportunity. Everybody's got a big idea. Everybody's got the Uber of lawnmowers. Everybody's got the Airbnb of ice cream. It's not gonna happen. And if it does, please take the clip of this talk, email me and say in the title, Gary V, you were wrong. And I will be the first to call you and be say, Mazel tov, I am so pumped. But I just wanna remind every, especially 20 and 30 year old in this room, I came out the gate and I worked every day for 13 years before I said a goddamn word to anybody. I talk a whole lot now. And I've made up for those 13 years of silence. But I just want to remind everybody that I didn't make a video to the world about anything about business until I was 35 years old. After I worked every single day from the time I was 22 and in reality 14. And then I started talking. There's a whole lot of talking going on. How about more action? How about more execution? How about more paying prices for what your mouth is saying? That is what I hope you do. I think everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. I break things up into black and white and gray, EQ and IQ. I think those are the two pillars that I kind of look at when I look at somebody. And some people have hard skills out their ass, right? They can do everything, but they don't know how to interact with the other boys and girls and that ultimately tumbles them, right? Then, so 
the reason I started talking about something called the honey empire is that's what I want everybody at Vayner to know. In the beginning, I valued honey more. That's why I call it honey empire. So if you were a good person and you could get along with everybody else, you worked at Vayner for quite a while because that was what I valued. We're now seven. We're now bigger. You know, if you've raised a child, you know things change. You expect more as they get older. And so I expect more of the organization. So we went through a tough patch over the last six months where I had to let go of certain people because I deemed that they didn't have the hard skills, the actual intellect, the actual ability, the output.